What's up everyone? Today we're talking structural balance. This is a hot topic that a lot of people have asked uh, about that they want to know more. We're going to be going deep into length tension tests. What they are, why we do them, and what risks you face with your training if you're not aware of your shortcomings. We're back. We're back today. It's just myself and Rad and Richie. Uh, we are Unity Gym and the Unified Movement System. If we haven't met, my name's Yanni Bormeister. Guys, if you want to know how we turn driven people into strong, flexible, athletic legends, download our blueprints. They're available in the description of this replay on YouTube, on the podcast, or from our website. Big shout out to everyone tuning in from the UMS Movement Mastermind private Facebook group. If you haven't already and you're catching the replay, get on over there. Uh, you can request to join that group. Everyone's welcome. Just make sure you agree to abide by the code of conduct and you can interact with us live on the podcast recording. How are you today, Rad? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Um, just uh, a little bit tired today. It's been a, bit, been a busy week for us, but um, uh, that's, that's the way it is. <laughs> a lot going on as we navigate our business through this coronavirus health pandemic. Oh, maybe as we navigate three businesses through the yeah. coronavirus <laughs> health pandemic. That's right. <laughs> Someone said to me the other day, geez, you look stressed, Rad. And I said, I probably am. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, we're feeling it uh, as uh, a lot of other small businesses, you know, it's, uh, it's a really tough time to navigate. Um, right now, and, and it isn't. It's barely even getting started for small businesses. Um, yeah. At least in Australia, because in Australia, you know, we were we were propped up by the government for a while. So yeah. Um, now the pain comes. Now yeah. the true pain comes. Yeah. yeah. For yeah. those of you watching around the world, we got a lot of um, sort of government support and stimulus for the last six months uh, to help small businesses to get to this stage. But now the reality kicks in because all of that winds back and yep. uh, and we have to learn to stand on our and own. And you know what, I didn't, I did not intend to mention this at all, but I'm, uh, whenever we say anything like this, we always get an influx of people saying, what can I do to help? There's two things you can do to help. The easiest thing is write us a, a positive Google review. And Facebook. Uh, and, and Facebook, Facebook review. Facebook a posi- is super important. A positive Google and a positive Facebook review. Even if you're somebody that just watches our YouTube videos, just that it just helps up uh, rank us with the algorithm and the second thing is just keep you know getting our programs if you like mm. our stuff buy our programs that's yeah. the best way to support us buy our stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the best thing best thing you can do morning clay yeah morning brother um, welcome to the show so yeah today we're talking about um, we're talking about how to assess your body for imbalances that's the that was the topic for the week and we're going to be going into the length tension assessments today this all comes from the structural balance blueprint which is uh, a exclusively um, reserved for our UMS online coaching members, but we're going to give you a sneak peek into it today and this week, really. Yep. Um, so the content of the Structural Balance Blueprint is there's, uh, it's, it's got the principle of structural balance and why it's important, uh, flexibility tests to assess your readiness to train, symmetry tests to assess your structural balance, and then strength tests to assess your structural balance. So... Um, we've spoken about the principle of structural balance and why it's important, but Yanni, do you want to um, yeah, just reframe that? Yeah, let's throw the brakes on and, and you know talk about why this is so important. Yesterday we had a bit of a bit of a mix uh, uh, of a show going on. We tried to frame the the need for or the reason why we do um, structural balance assessments to find imbalances in the body and. 
And um, we're going to really go deeper into it on today's show, tomorrow's show, and Friday's show because this is such an important topic and it's something that we're both very passionate about. You know what we should do? I might just read the first two paragraphs from the Structural Balance Blueprint Uh, because that says, I mean, you you, you spent a lot of time summarizing this, so do you want me to just read that quickly? Okay. So taken directly from the, the Structural Balance Blueprint. So the principle of structural balance. Now that we understand a few of the variables that may alter the mechanics of your body, it's important to understand that strength training is about learning to capitalize on your strengths and optimize or work around your limitations. To do so, you need to understand your body, and the best way to do that is through periodic flexibility, symmetry, and strength testing. Structural balance is a term used to describe the length and tension relationship in each muscle and joint in your body. Although there has not been a universal formula agreed upon as yet, many sports and exercise scientists have produced studies and published a variety of helpful data. And that's what, we, uh, what we've used to create the Structural Balance Blueprint. <coughs> that's right. And what we've, what we've adopted here has been, um, it's, it's basically was popularized and, and originally sort of really created by the late Charles Poliquin, who I was lucky enough to do a little bit of educational coaching with. And then uh, it was adopted by my one of my mentors, um, who ideally value his input, um, Tony Bataji, who's a, a brilliant PhD sports and exercise scientist here in Australia. And, you know, he made his own tweaks and adaptations to it. And... Uh, and, and essentially made it more practical, more useful for the, for the um, uh, average person because Charles was very much niching in um, athletic performance at the time and bodybuilding. And then we've gone and, and taken what we've learned from both of those individuals and made it our own and, and, and taken it through another um, uh, few levels of iteration um, to make it suited to what we're doing at Unity Gym. And so, you know, there's, there's, there's the saying, um, I can see further because I stand on the shoulders of giants. And that's very, very much um, applicable here. You know, what we're, what we're doing, we, did, we certainly didn't come up with it. This is, this is stuff that's been, that stood the test of time. There's been many, many um, great research studies sort of honing in on the individual applications throughout here, finding the relationship between pushing and pulling movement patterns and what was optimal by looking at uh, a, a whole group of really elite level athletes, looking at the relationship between things like the squat and the bench press, and looking at okay, so if, uh, like the top athletes can do, you know, this much of a squat in comparison to this much of a bench press, that seems to be the optimal range, you know, for, for a balanced body. And, and there's, there's about 15 uh, really, really good peer-reviewed studies that have gone into this. Some of them from um, people like Dan Baker here in Australia, who's a great strength coach. Um, and all of that data over the last 50 odd years has gone into creating a blueprint for what the most optimal body looks like and, uh, and, and functions like. Optimal in um, both performance being able to uh, demonstrate strength, explosive strength, uh, maximal strength, and flexibility, and also for uh, injury mitigation. So essentially, in layman's terms, this blueprint is taken from athletes who perform at the highest level and in and injure themselves l- the, the least amount or have the least risk of injury. And that's what we, you know, pride ourselves on carrying over and teaching our tribe because, 
you know, most people, as we said yesterday, go to the gym and train for aesthetics or train to lose weight uh, for health-related reasons with no real structure other than they choose to do what they're doing or a, a, a personal trainer suggests to do what they're doing and there may or may not be a notion in the background of trying to train for balance so you know don't skip leg day if you're doing lots of upper body do a bit of legs there might be a, a, a an idea of okay well if i'm doing lots and lots of uh, chest and tricep ex uh, uh, exercises maybe i should do a bit of back and bicep exercises but there's not really any set structure to it you know and that's what the anatomical structural balance blueprint brings into it and that's what we strongly recommend everyone adopts some method of um, assessment because training in and of itself lifestyle we know creates imbalance you know you, if you sit in a chair all day you become very unbalanced and you become suited to that chair and then what happens when we get out of that chair and we want to go and perform in an athletic environment, we might want to play soccer or football or throw a ball or run fast. Our body's adapted to the seated position. There's muscles that have tightened and shortened, created tension to suit that. And there's other muscles that have really disengaged and switched off and lengthened to suit that. Mm -hmm. And those same muscles are required to, 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 to make you run properly and to make you jump properly and to make you sidestep and be agile. But if they've become adept to the chair, they're usually not very adept to physical exercise anymore. So that's what happens in our lifestyle. But what people don't take into consideration is that we can also manipulate the body with our exercise. Our body adapts to what we're doing. And so if you go and exercise without structure and without balance, you can exacerbate problems that you've already got. One of the most common is that we tend to train the things or lift, the, um, do the movements, do the exercises that we're already good at. For instance, if you uh, have a strong bench press, men tend to bench press a lot. You know, if, uh, if a girl has a good, you know, if a, a good strong squat, she tends to squat a lot and she doesn't do a lot of deadlifting or upper body work, you know. Uh, if we're good at cardio, we do lots of cardio. You know, mm -hmm. uh, we, if we're good at running, when we go to the gym, guess what we do? We jump on a treadmill and we run. That's just human nature, you know. But that, coupled with the lifestyle behavior, uh, can create quite bad imbalances. And we steer further away from that anatomical structural balance blueprint that we know we want to get to to perform at the highest level. So what we've come to realize is that if we create a a culture where when we go to the gym we're not just going to show off to our friends at how much we can lift we're not just going to rip up and look good in the mirror or to the to the to the ideal mate we're not just going to lose weight so that we remain healthy on a cardiovascular level or on a physiological level we, we can do all those things at the same time as following this research that we've collected over the last half decade from the best athletes in the world. And if we use that as the roadmap uh, for our training, then we get everything, you know, and, and that's actually possible. Yeah, I think that's a mic drop. <laughs> so why don't we go in and talk a little bit about how we do it in the UMS, because we've, one of the one of the worst things, and I mentioned this yesterday, most people that you either you have you have two ends of the spectrum. You have those who don't assess at all and are guessing, as Rad said yesterday, 
And then you have those who overassess and they don't use the data. Uh, it's just it's just useless data. Uh, it's stifling and it c can be quite confusing. And so what we want to do is find that balance in the middle. And we've with withered this down to what we believe to be the most functional, the most applicable, and it provides only hard data and, and useful facts that uh, that we can go and use, you know. And then we, in the in the UMS program, we immediately use that data to to structure the next mesocycle program. Uh, so, Rad, why don't you share a little bit about the first? Uh, uh, and today, guys, we'll, we'll give you a little bit of preframe here. Today, we're just going to cover the, the the length tension assessments, which we call the UMS flexibility test in the blueprint. Uh, and then tomorrow, we'll cover the strength tests, which are probably what everyone's um, wanting to get a little bit of insight into. That's like how much your bench press should compare to your squat, how much your bench press should compare to your chin up, things like that. Uh, and then we will uh, cover uh, how we use the data to for our tribe to create personalized programs despite being in a group environment here at the gym. Yeah, cool? sure, absolutely. So <clears throat> yeah, it, it's through it's through us having this structural balance process laid out for our members and then having a program split that has stood the test of time and aligns with, a, a, is a very easy way to just, so to speak, sort of drag and drop the exercises that you need to do into the days of the program split to overcome the imbalances that the structural balance uh, tests reveal that we get such good results with our tribe. And this is this is why um, we've got so many five-star Google reviews, you know, people that have been training for 15 years that come along and do this and they just go, oh my God, I, I just can't believe how amazing this is. It's th This is really the secret source to our UMS online coaching program. So um, one of the assessments that we use is called the overhead squat test. And the overhead squat test is one of the most comprehensive assessments that you'll ever be able to do because it, um, it takes care of um, pretty much every joint in the body, definitely every major joint in the body. It, 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 it assesses the ankles, knees, hips, spine, shoulders, um, and to a lesser degree, elbows and wrists as well. So, um, you know, by doing the overhead squat test, if you know what you're looking for, you can get a, a whole lot of data. Like f just for example, if your lower back tucks under um, as the squat depth increases um, before a certain point, um, then it indicates short hamstrings. It, it indicates that your hamstrings are tight. Um, if you are, for example, uh, if your heels lift up when you get to the bottom range um, or the shins don't travel forward, um, you know, meaning the knees don't naturally go over the toes, that indicates um, tight calves. Um, so ankle a lack of ankle flexibility. And there's all of these other, you know, things that, that an overhead squat test uh, uh, is assesses. For a lot of people, there's so many of these boxes are being ticked. And, you know, as a good coach, it takes practice to be able to recognize all of the things that are going on. Well, without without giving too much away, let's just rip through exactly what we look at. The overhead squat test, I, I, I just zoned out there for a second because I was reading some comments that were coming up. Um, I assume that you explained why we use the overhead squat test. 
we use the overhead squat test because in one movement within about yeah, five said, seconds it's, it's, it's the most comprehensive yeah it gives us a lot of data and yeah. and quite frankly guys uh, some strength coaches don't like the overhead squat test for that reason because it gives so much data yeah. uh, and if you don't know what to do with that data then it as again it's over assessing it's stifling and so yeah. all of this stuff is only practical and i really can't stress this enough and in, all, and in all honesty, for some people, the overhead squat test is ineffective because they're, they're at such a beginner state that when, you, when there's so many things that, that come from it, to try and write a customized program that's based on fixing all of those different things, the, when, the, when the short answer is really well, just work on, yeah, yeah, just, we're just going to work on basic um, structural yep. balance in the shoulders, hips yep. and ankles. Um, and you've just addressed something that I wanted to save till Friday, but we may as well talk, we, we can talk about it now, which is that we, we don't even do these assessments anymore until people have gone through the foundations program yeah. because of that reason. Yeah. Because you, you get, you, you, there's just so much that the yeah. body needs for, for when in an untrained individual yeah. or an individual who's trained in a very poorly structured manner that you, it can be quite stifling. And we yeah. don't want people to come into a program and just get the mirror put in front of them and show them how you know dysfunctional their body is because it can turn people off exercise. Yeah, which is you know? w which is a good example because if for anyone that's listening to this and thinking, oh my god, this is so much information, that's exactly why we created the foundations program because in our experience and and we've had a lot of experience. Yanni and I have both been personal trainers for seventeen years, and in our experience. Probably 95 out of 100, maybe even more people need the same program. Let's talk about. Let's save that till the okay. end of today. Oh, let's right. say okay. So very quickly, overhead squat test. This gives us data for both the upper and lower body flexibility and also stability. We look for li heels lifting up or the shins not travelling forward, or even if the feet um, turn outwards or inwards as the person descends. We look for the knees collapsing in on the descent. We look for the knee buckling in and then out again during the ascent on the way back up. We look for lower back tucking under as the squat depth increases. We look for, for the lower back tucking under as the squat depth uh, decreases. We look for the spine extending as the depth of the squat increases. We look for the hips sitting back with excessive forward torso lean. Uh, we look for if there's visible weight shifts from one side or, or the other. And we also look for whether the arms travel forwards and how the elbows are bending or remaining straight. And we even assess on a deeper level how the grip, how the, how the individual's managing to grip the dowel rod as they're performing the movement. And all of those data points tell us exactly what's going on in the body. But as you can imagine, if you're very new to exercise, you're gonna get so much data and there's only so much you can address in one program mesocycle. So what we learned over almost 20 years, 17 years of using this assessment is that it's actually more conducive of an uh, elite or, or more experienced person doing or performing it. It's better for someone who's more experienced doing the assessment because you get a clearer data um, analysis and for, for beginners or people who are not used to doing strength training or maybe have been very like um, very specific with their training for a, for a certain sport or a certain position and now want to come back and train for balance we've had professional rugby league players and, and uh, soccer players like that you know 
then it's a really, really good test. But for yeah. an absolute beginner, it, pro it provides way too much data. Yep. Moving on, the next test we do is what we call, what's called the uh, modified Apple scratch test. And this is a simple, uh, it stood the test of time shoulder flexibility test. Mm -hmm. And uh, it basically tests both the upper and lower arm motion behind the back and behind the head. And it's gonna give us a really clear indication of what's going on in the chest, in the lats, in the rotator cuff, in the deltoids, um, and you know, um, uh, allow us to see or confirm what we've already gathered from that overhead squat test. Mm -hmm. And and some people call these um, uh, auxiliary flexibility test confirmation tests because they kind of just give us th that little bit of icing on the cake after that overhead squat test, you know? Yeah, I, what I, you know, as a coach, the thing that I look for the most with the modified um, scratch test is the, um, the imbalance from left to right, um, rather than so much, you know, how, like, you know, does shoulder flexion need to be worked on or internal rotation or external rotation? Because I think there's better tests to test that stuff. But I like to use it to see if the imbalances between the left to right side, yep. which is almost always there, um, because we're either right-handed or left-handed. Very few of us are ambidextrous. Yep. Um, but it gives a really good indication of, and, and a unilateral imba imbalance is far worse than just an imbalance. Yep. Um, those are the, th and because we're gives, testing for symmetry yeah, as we're well. testing for symmetry. So that, I, I, that's what I like about that test. It gives you a good indication of, okay, wow, we do need to work on this because there's a big change from left to right side. And some people don't have it. Some people it's not yep. that bad. Um, I've got it. I've got a big imbalance from left to right side. Um, so yeah. Yeah, perfect. And that's uh, where we go into our symmetry confirmation tests uh, with the lower body and we test the straight leg uh, for hamstring flexibility and the hip rotation test for glute flexibility. And basically we get the individual to lay supine, which is on your back, flat on the floor, and we raise your leg straight. And if less than 100 degrees, we get a lot of data that indicates, so we're testing the hamstrings. If we can't get the hamstring with a completely flat back on the ground, or even a slight arch in the lumbar, mm. if we can't get the hamstring or the leg to 100 degrees or past that, we know that you're gonna be compromised in movements like the squat, in movements like Olympic lifting, and even potentially in um, uh, sort of like snatch grip deficit deadlifting and things like that. You know, you're gonna be, you're gonna be going into excessive lower back stress if you can't maintain that angle in the hips. Uh, and, and, and same with the glutes. We know that if you're not able to get your knee internally rotated, your leg internally, ro or your, your thigh externally rotated, your uh, leg internally rotated, uh, to 90 degrees, we know that you've got compromise in the glutes and we know that you're going to have excessive tension, excessive pressure build up in your hips when you try to do deep squatting. And it also is going to affect uh, overall flexibility and many of the other movements. So, and then as Rad said there, we're getting a confirmation of limb symmetry from left to right side, which is really, really important because when we don't have limb symmetry and we go into a bilateral movement like a squat or a deadlift, there's a torque force that is applied to the spine and is applied to the hips and things like that. Essentially, the body wants to rotate into one of those sides, whether it's the strong side or the more flexible side. And that can create major problems because it can create more glide in the joints. It can create all sorts of uh, risk factors for wear and tear and injury, you know. 
Yeah, look, I think um, I think we've done a pretty good job now at framing why we do this stuff and, and, and what the reason is and, and going through some of the examples of what we do. Just quickly talk through the last test that we use, which is the modified Thomas test, because that's the last one that right. we do for okay. this. So the modified Thomas test is the um, for the hip flexors mostly. Uh, hip Just flexors and quadriceps. Exactly how to do it. Okay, don't so give any. Don't you don't need to go any deeper okay, than that. So you lay down on your back um, on a, a bench, like ideally, you know, like a, a, a masseuse, a massage table is the best thing. Uh, and you have to have your glutes off the bench so that the hips are free to move. If your bum is on the bench, then your, your hips aren't free to move. And you grab one knee pull it all the way to your chest so the knee has to be touching the chest and you let the other leg completely hang. And by doing that, we can tell um, imbalances uh, in the hip flexors and the quadricep, um, mostly the um, rectus femoris. Yep, perfect. And that's the, uh, the flexibility test that we use. And from doing those, we get a truckload of data that we can um, uh, help the individual um, with focal points because yeah. the reality is that in a mesocycle of training, even in a, 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 a micro, a macro cycle of training, you, there's a saying that uh, uh, has been used by many of my mentors, you can't ride two horses with one ass. You, there's only so much that you can address at any one time that you want to really double down on. And it, it, you know, you, 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 you want to choose the things that are the most obvious and really, really make those your focal point. It's like calisthenics training. You can't get good at every calisthenics move. You want to double down on a handstand masterclass or a muscle up masterclass and make that your priority for a macro cycle of training, which is usually a cluster of my, uh, mesocycles, mate. We, we have three mesocycles in a, in a um, macro cycle, I think. Four, we have four. Uh, so uh, that just helps to provide insight into, okay, for the next, the, 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 you look for the biggest, the lowest hanging fruit, the biggest issues, the, 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 the biggest level of compromise. Yeah, the biggest wins that you're gonna get. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, that's, that's what you want. The domino, you look for the domino that's gonna, yeah. if, if knocked and, over, it's and, gonna knock over other things. But you the, know? And the problem is by, by nature, we avoid these things. Yeah. Um, you know, if you, if you start a program and that program is uh, makes you feel highly accomplished, like because you can do the stuff in there, then it's low value for you. If you start a program that challenges you, that it reveals weaknesses in your body, um, that is a high value program for you to do because that's showing you that there is a lot to be gained from that program. So you shouldn't avoid the things that reveal imbalances. You shouldn't yep. avoid the things that make you feel like a beginner. You should embrace that and go, you know, head on at it. Yeah. Uh, because that's where you're going to have the biggest wins. And, th and this is where a lot of people really struggle. And, and it's quite funny, you know, the people that have the biggest wins at Unity Gym in our program here are the people that come in open their eyes up and go, oh my God, I'm so bad at this. And then just put their head down and do it without asking questions. And you look at them six to 12 months later and they've come so far. And then on the other hand, you get people that come in and they can do some things really, really well. Like it's usually strength. It's usually feats of strength or fitness that people can do really well. Um, and then you show them how to do some of these flexibility movements and they, they can barely touch their toes. And you can see the challenge in their ego. You can see them go, oh, you know, why should I do this? And, and they don't stick it out and, and do whatever. And 
um, yeah, very, very small opportunity for, uh, for personal development and for physical development if that's the approach that you take. Well, the, the, the biggest, I think what we spoke about on Monday is a super important point to, to finish up on here uh, today, which is, and, and it's interesting, I sent an email out to the email database that addressed this issue and I've had three practitioners email me personally asking if they could share it with their database. Uh, because it it simplified the the concept of the difference between competition and training, and the and and what I said in my email was that I although I love CrossFit, the thing I hate about CrossFit or dislike about CrossFit is that it it accidentally blurred the lines between training and competition, and for most untrained or uh, individuals who just um, dived into CrossFit, both coaches, CrossFit coaches, and uh, uh, people who were um, just just enjoying that that, that um, type of training, that style of training, they went at it as though training became competition, and as though they their bodies could withstand competing every single day. And the nature of the WOD was in by nature competitive. It was about you either competing with your peers at the gym versus time or versus the amount of volume you could do, or you competing versus your previous score. And the problem I have with that is that the body, no body, no human body can withstand that level of uh, intensity all of the time. No yeah. professional athlete could play a game every single day. You know, they train very differently than they compete. We train so we can compete. And training should not be done driven by ego. It should be done driven by the notion that you are dialing in everything. You are improving your physical performance. You are improving your anatomical structural balance. You are improving your load capacity so that your body can withstand more when it does compete and there's less risk or chance of injury. And that's why we think that this is so important that people start to adopt something similar, um, uh, which because that's why we go to train. We go to train. This is what Charles did so well, Charles Poliquin. He made it really clear that training wasn't competition. Yeah. Training was training for competition. Yeah, that is so, so important. Like if you are a competitive person, then by all means compete go and do things but that's not what you're it's important about. to the comp the competition is there to test to see how your training is doing yeah and then you can and make to show off a little training. bit yeah. it's okay yeah. to show off but it's to in turn our nature up, to, to want to do turn so. up to the gym every day and to think that those gym training sessions are to compete Idea. It, well, it's it's a terrible idea. It leads to injury, idea. and this is why CrossFit got absolutely hammered of in the past, um, which it really probably didn't deserve because as a sport, as a competition, it's amazingly entertaining and a, a really great test of physical performance. Oh, it's phenomenal. But oh. you can't put people through that as their means of training all the time. It's a, it's you do that maybe once a week as a competition, but you, you train differently and very quickly. People started to realise, okay, I break if I keep doing that. You know, I saw uh, uh, someone in our circle um, uh, who's a who was an elite level CrossFitter, Courtney. Did you see on her Instagram feed? She's just gone in for two more ankle reconstructions. You know, yeah. I've never met a veteran CrossFitter who hasn't completely destroyed their body. 
um, you know, at a very young age. At a very young age, and that's just—it's not the way it's meant to be, you know. And 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 if sport is uh, is is that important to you, and you're willing to make those sacrifices, then that's totally cool, you know. But you still, you know, yeah, you still—you're not going to have a very long uh, uh, training career or perform a uh, career as an athlete if you compete every day. I don't. Yeah, look, I I, I like to, personally, I like to be more polarizing than this because the truth is. We all, you know, there's this, you can't put an old head on young shoulders, right? Like there's that saying. But you know what? There are certain things that when you're young, you say, no, this is, this is really important to me. But as an older person, you know that the time is going to come when you say, why the fuck did I do that? Yeah. And if you beat the shit out of your body and by the time you're 30, you can't do any of the things that you like. I'm going to throw it out there. You're not going to look back and go, I'm so happy that I did that I'm so myself. happy that I destroyed I'm so myself. Yeah. that I am so fucked now that I can't even go to the gym and lift weights above my head because after my three shoulder reconstructions, but I got to compete. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not. There's a smarter way to do it. And the competition, I'm not saying don't compete, but... Fucking hell, man. No, train just, just separate competition yeah, separate and competition and training and train in a way that, that um, makes your body thrive. You yeah, know? train in a way that supports your competition, doesn't hinder yeah. it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and if the competition is killing you, like well, I, I had an email from somebody recently that was talking about how they're, they're in their 50s and they've got like there's something wrong with their knee or there's something. I mean, Yanni and I get these emails all the time. So this was a couple of weeks ago. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was basically saying that when he does that, he loves competing in MMA. But every time he does it, his knee gets worse and worse and worse because of the rotational force from having to do kicks and from blocking and the nature of it. And he said, you know, what do I want, what can I do? I don't want to give up on the competitions um, in, in in MMA. And I mean, my answer was honestly. Man, like everybody comes to a stage in their life where you you have to reevaluate something that's a that's a physical pursuit that is making your body worse by doing it, um, and and it's a it's a young person's game to do mm. something like that. Like we like I know that like people say, oh, you know, I'm 64 years young and I want to do these things, and like I respect the mindset. I respect that you're saying to yourself, you know, you're being positive and you're affirming that you're not getting older but the truth is your body is getting older yeah you know and uh so interesting you say it I, I i watch the ufc on the weekend i watch the ufc every weekend because i really enjoy it and uh in the press conference afterwards dana white was asked he's been he's been a lot of people have been talking about how he's lost a lot of weight and he's in really good shape at the moment and someone one of the one of the press really? in the he's press conference better, he's looking though? a lot better yeah and one of the press asked him um while he was on the mic um answering questions said man a lot of people have been talking about your transformation what's going on mate well, like, what are you doing and and uh and he sort of laughed and he said he, the guy said what's the secret like what's what what training are you doing now and he said man for the first time in my life i uh i had a had a, a sh uh, another shoulder reconstruction last year and then after that coming out of that for the rehab for the first time in my life i hired a coach a, a strength coach and that guy's been working with me for the last 18 months and um yeah man he's a beast and he's slowed me down and he's got me focusing on the things i need to focus on and uh and i'm i'm not training with ego for the first time and uh and the guy goes so what's like what, what are you training for are you get are you you know are you, are you and he goes man i'm just i'm just training to not get fat and not hurt myself i'm i'm 50 years old and and uh you know i'm just uh I'm just trying not to hurt myself again, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but it, it just, you know, it, it just goes to show that, like, 
everyone everyone gets to that point where they've just they realize that they've been getting it so wrong yeah you know and i'm telling you right now yanni and i did it and we did it we did it at an age that i don't i don't know i mean man like you want to fuck yourself up go and join the army as an infantry soldier god that fucked me up you can be polarizing without swearing yeah okay yeah well you can be polarizing without swearing He's passionate. All right, guys, that's all we've got time for. We've gone over time. Uh, I, I just want to give a quick shout out. Um, we've got Jada Cros- uh, Goodwin Crosby here who's joined the, uh, uh, and she's said hello. Uh, first of all, I love everyone who says hello to us when they're on the stream. Uh, it just lets us know that there's, uh, there's some people out there who care. Um, but Jada has... I, I watched some videos that Jada put up, uh, which we'll talk about on our live coaching call. I promised to give her some feedback on Friday on the on the live coaching call. She is, I almost didn't recognize her. She is an absolute weapon right now. You, ha- you, you are progressing incredibly well, Jada, and I just wanted to give you a massive shout out. Uh, I think it's absolutely fantastic and, um, you, yeah, you're just the, your 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 movement, your form, your technique, your pull-ups, your push-ups, your pike uh, push-ups that you um, put videos up of. Uh, it, it is all looking really good. You are on the right track, sister. Keep it going. Yeah, awesome. Well done. All right, guys. We'll see you tomorrow. We're going to continue this talk about uh, structural balance. So we're going to move into strength uh, testing sure tomorrow. Training. The fun stuff. See you guys. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. The gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.